Danny and Darren, Amateur Hour. We love this podcast because you listen, and we're glad you're passionate about amateur baseball. Naz Muley is a young man out of New Jersey, a gifted talent. We're going to hang out with him, and we're going to do so at his technical school. He's one of the best baseball players in the country in the 2022 class. He's going to be called very high in the 2022 draft, as will Kevin Parada, who should have been a 20 draft pick, very high, but the draft shrunk because of the pandemic. Now, Kevin Parada has gone on to Georgia Tech from Southern California. He's incredible. He's their starting catcher in the ACC, hitting over 500 to open the season. We've got one heck of a podcast. Hunter Pence will join. Our great scouts will join the Scout Size segments. That's my open. Simple as it may be, it at least tells you you found Amateur Hour and you're about to listen to it. So, folks, and Danny, I think what's unique about Kevin Parada, who I'm so excited to talk to um, this 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 podcast, is the fact that he should be a pro right now. Now, what does being a pro even look like, right? So he gets drafted and sits around last year. Maybe, maybe goes to a mini camp. Not a lot of high schoolers went to the to the extended camps. They just kept working out at home. Instead, he goes to Georgia Tech. He starts his education. He's hitting some ungodly number like it's T-ball out of the gates. And, you know, five, 600, whatever it is. As a matter of fact, in the conversation, I love what he compares his current batting average to. But I, I think for him, there are blessings from above in this. He's going to be draft eligible in 2022 as a sophomore. He's going to be a first-round pick. He's playing like it. So, yes, the 20 draft didn't work out the way everybody thought for him. What a great attitude. And he's completely cashing in on the other option. How cool is it that Kevin Parada compared himself to a video game, but in real life, he's actually batting better than his video game numbers. And the ball is the size of a watermelon for this guy. While we're recording, he's batting 510 in the ACC. He's up for freshman of the year consideration and he's catching really elite guys we had him go through andy archer brant herter sam crawford zach maxwell some of the big guns for georgia tech and he's just a professional already the guy is so collected and thoughtful and by the way he's taking a full course load and he's he's getting to be a student something maybe he wasn't expecting to do he's a cali kid in the south crushing baseballs everything is going right for Kevin Parada right now except for one thing he needs to really reassess the count on the dogs in his home I'll <laughs> leave it at, I'll leave it at that Kevin unless you want to do the work I'll leave it at that here's our conversation it has been way 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 too long since we've had a chance to catch up with our next guest Georgia Tech freshman starting catcher Kevin Parada Kevin, the last time we saw you was 2019 in person, I believe, at the All-American Classic, and life seems to be going your way right now. You are absolutely mashing for your team. You are behind the plate. You are catching premier arms in college baseball, and I could rattle off some numbers, but let's just like start with the fact that you are in college. You are a student athlete. You are dominating the game of baseball right now. So what does life look like for Kevin Parada right now? Yeah, obviously um, with the draft and everything, I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. And I ended up at college and I'm very thankful that I am at Georgia Tech now. And it was the right thing for my development. And um, it's, it's weird. Um, college, obviously not normal. COVID, everything's different for everyone, but I just, I just feel like a kid still, like go out, go do things, enjoy Atlanta, and then go play baseball when it's time. And right now I'm playing in the ACC, so I can't, I can't really complain whether there's fans or not. Yeah, it sounds like it's going pretty well. So you're hitting 5-10, seven doubles, a triple, two home runs, 15 RBI. You know all of this. You've already earned ACC freshman of the week. You're um, on the freshman of the year watch. I know you know all of these things, but what's working for you? Or are you just not really thinking you're just doing? Yeah, um, right now everything's working, but it's, I believe it's everything because of a process that I've been going through and just continuously working hard behind the scenes. It's, and it's showing out right now on the field. And I'm, I'm very thankful and 
I just know that whenever I get in a slump or something goes down, you just got to stay with it and it's going to all work itself out. And it, and it has. So in your tool chest, how many more tools do you have as a college catcher in the ACC at a place like Georgia Tech? And this is no knock on travel ball, no knock on high school ball, but how much, how much larger has your tool chest gotten? Technology, equipment, uh, things to get ready, uh, workout facilities that are 24 seven, diet, all those things that go into it that you know you were already doing, but how much bigger has your tool chest gotten to help you develop as a ball player? It's become a lot easier. That's a, that's the big difference is just the access to everything, being able to get to a weight room all the time, not having to worry about stuff being closed down. Food is we have all these ac all this access now, and it's just allowed me even our brand new hitting facility and pitching facility that I think they finished a month ago. Just having all these things, getting to use them all the time. We have eye scanners in the stadium, so. If I want to just walk in at 11 at night and go do something, I can just get right into the stadium. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And it allows people, whenever you want to do something, you have the opportunity to do it instead of being restricted on someone else's timeline. So in the fall and then now, what have you been studying? Give me a few, throw, throw out a few into the course load, uh, a conversation. I'd love to know what you're taking. Yeah, right now I'm taking English 1102, which is like the second part of our English. I took that the first time, you know, the gen eds. I uh, took macro first semester. I'm taking micro now. I'm taking a class on sustainable urban development, which is pretty much um, the developing of sustainable buildings. And that's like my fun class. And then I took like a GT1000, which is like a freshman seminar business and then the basic business classes because that's my um that's my major dude you know you go to georgia tech right it's supposed to be really hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's I, that's that's crazy danny i, yeah, I know I, I, I mean wait what did you get on your act or sat what'd you get uh my sat i think i got a 1270 or something so not <laughs> yeah not up to the standards of some kids at my school but i can't complain <laughs> Yeah, but they, can they hit a three-two slider on the black? That's the question. You got to put them <laughs> yeah. both together. Yeah. Sorry, Danny. I digress. No, Danny. no, I no. I I wanted you to keep going. I'm just like smiling because I. It's been a while since I've heard someone describe college courses like that, and it's it's <laughs> awesome to hear, dude. Like because you are just. I, I'm so happy for you that baseball is going so well and that you're the bet on yourself, right? You bet on yourself to go to school. You said, hey, I want to develop more. This is the best choice for me. And and Darren and I have talked, we've seen a lot more guys doing that. I'm sure you've seen guys in your class do it too. Jack Leiter, right? You and Jack Leiter um, in, in very similar conversations right now. So I, I just, I love it. I'm only smiling at that. I want to talk about some of the guys that you're catching, Andy Archer, Brant Herder, Sam Crawford, Zach Maxwell, like paint me a picture of these guys. Give me some details about what they're throwing and what it's like to catch them. Yeah. I mean, all, all of those guys are all characters in their own way, but um, I love catching all of them. They're all very different. That some like Brant throws 90 to 93 most of the time. And it's, it's his fastball breaks like a changeup. It is I remember trying to hit it in the fall and I, I think he struck me out like four times in my first four ABs. And I was just like, what am I looking at? And then I got him, I got him at the beginning of the spring. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how it should be. <laughs> and then you got Maxwell who's, oh my gosh, his fastball is electric. Yeah. Like it does, it just explodes out of his hand. And I swear it's the easiest thing, the easiest fastball I've seen in a long time. And then he mixes it with his slider that is like 28 or 2900 RPM. And when you see the thing break, you're just like, how do I hit both of these? Like, that's not fair. Um, Andy, probably the nicest kid I've ever met. Like he's just super fun, super amped up all the time. And he's, he's like an energizer bunny that I just got to slow down sometimes to get him to realize, Hey, we're still, we're still in the game. Like, hmm. the, don't get too out of it. And Sammy Crawford, he's so much fun to catch. He's he likes to think through the game just with me. So we always talk about it and stay and stay on the same page. So everything's working. That's great. Those are awesome. I, I want to know what surprised you the most about what you've learned 
since becoming a college catcher, your growth, like you thought, wow, I, I didn't think I'd learn this or I didn't know I could improve this. Um, everything, honestly, it's been what, like, we talk about at Georgia Tech, especially with the catchers, it's like, hey, get 1% better every day. There's always something you can get better. And whether it's, I'm working on my blocking, I'm working on my hitting today, I'm working on my catching, my receiving, my, my throwing, whatever it is, there's always something you can get better at. And we just put a huge emphasis in catching bullpens. And that was the one thing that like, it used to be a dread of mine was catching bullpens because you're just like, you have to do them. But now, like, as I've gotten older and understood more that I enjoy doing them and obviously I don't want to catch a hundred in a day, but you, but you do catch some of them and it helps you understand these pitchers and have them trust you. And that's the biggest thing I've learned no matter what level of baseball you're at is that if the pitcher trusts you, you're going to get better strikes. You're going to get more pitches in the zone because they're going to feel comfortable throwing all their pitches to you. I'm so intrigued by what you just said. And this is now not the first time I've heard this literally Kev in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's a catching instructor that we had on recently that talked about don't waste your bullpens for young catchers. Now I was on the other side, I was in college and in professional baseball throwing the bullpens. Um, and, it, and I can understand why it would feel like a burden. Give me an example beyond the relationship between you and the pitcher of what you can do in a bullpen to make yourself physically and mentally better. I understand the relationship part. Aside from that, what are some things you can do? And I'm curious for our young catchers listening to your answer. Yeah. So like Brant, who has a curve or a fastball that breaks like a changeup, and it's, I want to say it breaks about a foot every time he throws it. Being behind the plate and being able to catch that and understand how it breaks. So when you get into a game, it doesn't eat you up. You can present that better to a, to a, an umpire that obviously doesn't get to see him all the time. So he's like, what was that? And you catch it clean. You're probably going to get a strike call versus, um, and then Maxwell, Velo, that is a big thing. The kid throws 95 plus every single time he gets up on the mound. And you don't, you can't teach Velo and catching Velo. So every opportunity you get to do that in a pen, out of a hand, or even off of a machine, it's just, that's so helpful for a catcher to just get used to because I know the first time I caught 90 plus when I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, like that felt like explosive, but then you get to college and the guy's throwing 97 on his average fastball. Like he's, that's a different type of explosive. Do Jason and Darlene miss their baby boy? Yeah. I saw them actually last weekend though. They, they came out for the pit series, but yeah, the, I know my mom, my mom and dad miss me and I miss my dogs a lot too. I miss my brother and sister too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It, real quick, no offense to the brother and sister. Give us a quick dog update. What, what do you, what do you got going on there at home? What's the deal? Okay, so during COVID I had, um, we got a beagle Clementine and then my chocolate lab, like two months oh later. Dahlia. And so they've both grown up together and then, um, I kind of convinced my dad that when Dahlia turns two, which will be next year now, she's already one, um, we're going to get another one. So <laughs> we're going to be up to three puppies in the house. That's just crazy and everyone's home. Danny, can I jump in here real quick? Please, I just yeah. raised my hand. They're going to get another one. You're off. <laughs> yeah. You're waiting for yeah. They're doing the babysitting. They're going to get another one. Yeah. I'm sorry. The parent in me just stepped in and I was like, Stop convincing parents for more dogs. They're getting more. You're not getting more. Oh, I just get to so visit funny. and see puppies. <laughs> oh, God, Kevin. I'm done with you now. I'm, I'm done. You sound like what my daughter a who's a junior in college who Danny knows, who's always telling us we need to get more dogs. No, we're happy with our two. Thank you. Yeah. I get it, Kevin. You're, you're a dog guy. I get it. I, I he's, a, he's a business major, so this is part of it, right? He's a good salesman. He's got, he's got these skills. My last one for you, dude, is just, you know, the year that you are having and the conversations that you are in, obviously your team first, we know that you're a team guy, like all the ways, you know, not only in your position, but just who you are. But at the end of this season, what do you personally want to have accomplished? Because ultimately the goal is to get drafted, make a lot of money and, and go play baseball for a long time, become a Hall of Famer. So what are you doing this year? What, what did you set for yourself? You're like, I want to achieve this my freshman year. Yeah. Um, I knew that my biggest question was my defense coming into school. And so like 
every day I've been working my butt off just to get to that point that my, my defense is going to be just as good as my bat. And even though it's probably never going to get to that point, like that's the goal is to eventually get them so they're caught up. So it's, so I can be a perennial hall of famer in the, in the future. And that's, that's my future goal. Um, as of right now, shortstop is just continue to win ball games. And our big goal is Omaha for sure. Like really want to go to Omaha. And I know that everything else will come with it. Like, I mean, like it is right now, I'm hitting five to 10 and yeah. it's, it's weird. It's weird because I was playing the show um, before we left for Wake Forest and the guys were laughing at my, my player inside the video game. I have a higher batting average than he does in the video game. And <laughs> so we just laugh about it and, I mean, that's that's our goal is just make it to Omaha, go win a championship, and I know that all the all the solo accolades will come with it. I Darren, I seriously feel like we're talking to a guy though that you know we're gonna reflect back on this video in like ten years and be like, remember when? I I really do feel that Kevin's awesome. We are, I know Darren and I are both proud of you and just happy to see you know where you are and what you're doing and the person that you are too, along with it. It's really cool, dude. So thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you. Each week on this podcast, we gain knowledge from our scouts, Perfect Game Scouts, who are such fabulous writers, contributing to the growth and development of these athletes. Let's start this week with Jeremy Brown and his perspective on Christian Little, you know, the Perfect Game All-American yesterday, who's now pitching for Vanderbilt today, skipping that senior year. H, open that notebook. So, Danny, you reached out and told me I could talk about anything I wanted to in my little piece here, whether it be youth, draft, college, or maybe a player of interest to me, whether it be high school or whether it be college. And I think Vanderbilt right-hander Christian Little kind of encompasses a little bit of all of those in a single package. You know, he was one of the top arms in the 2021 class, went through the entire circuit this past summer, but he made his intentions known that during the winter break he was going to enroll in Vanderbilt Something, you know, we've kind of seen him working on, and maybe he even foreshadowed when he was 13 at his very first select festival. After the room reveal, rather than going right down to the player lounge, getting to know everybody, trying on the gear, he made sure his homework was done. So clearly academics was a high priority for him from the beginning. Jumped to present day and the now 17-year-old. I mean, he was already young for the high school grade, let alone a college freshman. So now he finds himself as one of Vanderbilt's starting arms, even though it's midweek, he's getting... Uh, premium innings already despite his age despite being a true freshman and what he's bringing to the mound is excellent for Vanderbilt he's shown his three pitches the changeups really diving the curveballs breaking hard and while Little's going to have his ups and downs something you know it's going to happen for a player his age at the SEC level he's growing with confidence and comfort and seemingly every inning that he throws um, his most recent outing a couple days ago in the 16th against Belmont he struck out seven I think he only threw allowed two hits in over a handful of innings, and those seven strikeouts surpassed the total he had amassed throughout the spring to that point. So while Vanderbilt has that one-two punch in Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, and obviously that's going to be big for Little to learn from, he also is going to be one of the arms tapped on next year when those two go in the first round to fill in some of the uh, needed innings and his presence is going to be huge for the Vanderbilt Commodores. So I'm excited about this conversation with Nas Mule. Look, I mean, he's the number one player in the 22 class in New Jersey and deservedly. So who, who knows? I mean, in, in a world in which he was either seen more or gets out more, he could be the number one player in the nation. Just consider this. He earned a 10 grade, a PG scout 10 grade very early. He's touched 97 miles an hour on the mound, going back more than a year at an indoor showcase in New Jersey he threw 96 from the outfield, 92 from the infield, and had an exit velocity of 101 miles an hour. And at that point, he was, what, just 16, barely 16, late 15s? Um, this guy has such a high ceiling. And I thought it was important to point out some of the, the numbers because they matter. I mean, this is an extreme athlete, by the way, though, who's incredibly grounded and has a good blue-collar background to him, which I think touches his athleticism, too. I think what impressed me most in our conversation was his depth of knowledge about the game. When we, when I say the game, he's talking about the lifespan of a career for a major league player. He knows it's not long. He knows there has to be life after. 
he's 16 and a half years old committed to Miami, but he's really like 16 going, I feel like on 32 and his diet may not reflect that. He told us, you know, he's fried foods is the diet right now. That'll change. That'll definitely change, but he's put together. He's, he's thought about what he wants to be and who he wants to be which is equally as important because you can't rely on your baseball career. You have no idea what could happen to you. And the fact that he's investing in himself and his future after baseball while still committing himself fully to the game is really special. And who knows if he gets on campus at Miami plays with Elijah green, probably not, probably not, but cool, cool to hear him talk about that and think about those things. I really do appreciate that. He was awesome. Wise, wise beyond his years. So we take you behind the scenes, the kitchen, Passaic County Tech High School, where he is about to prepare something dynamic. Take it away. So as we record this, we're kind of laughing because, uh, and as we share this, we had the nice polished lead in. Uh, we did a warm-up conversation with, with Nazir Muley, and uh, it was just a warm-up conversation, and it was our fault. He thought we had wrapped, and that's the kind of game we're bringing, right? I mean, the kind of game we're bringing is, like, all right, thanks, guys. Those were tired questions, but thanks. He didn't He didn't say any of that, obviously, but we hang out with Nas. Now, wh- where are we hanging out with you? I need you to be very descriptive. I grew up listening to great announcers. I hope to be one someday. I need you to give me, like, if we're on radio, give me the full description of what is around you. What are you doing right now at uh, Passaic County Tech? Um. I'm sitting in the dining room at the, the teacher's cafe. You know, I work in the culinary industry here. So um, teachers come in, they give their order, and we make whatever lunch or breakfast they ask for. Um, so, yeah, right now I'm just here sitting in the dining room, the dining area here. Um, my teacher thankfully gave me a break for this podcast and I'm thankful for that. So yeah, that's, that's where I am right now. So, so for the mind, I love this. I think it's so unique. We've got a lot of baseball to talk about before the mind and stimulating the brain. What do you enjoy most about, let's say this class, what do you enjoy most about learning something beyond baseball? Baseball is great and you're great at it, but what are things about, let's say this class or the creation of a dish or other parts of, of learning at Passaic County tech, what do you enjoy most about it? Um, I just like the setting, you know, everybody's friendly. Everybody is really, um, how do I say, everybody's really into what they're doing. You know, they're all dedicated to, you know, preparing this dish for whatever makes the teachers happy. And um, I'm really excited to be here because, you know, it's something different, like you said, other than baseball. And I like to learn new things, whatever I can, whatever helps me the most. Um, you know, let's say, God forbid, something happens with baseball. I took culinary. Um my high school is a vocational school, so I leave here with a degree in the food industry. So as soon as I leave high school, I could start working in the food industry if I wanted to. Or I got my degree my freshman year, actually, so I could start right now if I wanted to. And I'm going to jump in, and Danny's supposed to go here, but I have one more to follow it up. You kind of answered my question, but if I were to remove baseball completely, nothing even bad were to happen. I just remove it from your life. What would you do? What part of, of, of food creation, food industry, what would you want to do? What do you love most about it? Um, my dad's a chef. You know, I just like, I don't know. I like homemade meals. My mom is Hispanic. So, you know, that, that's all we have, homemade meals. And uh, they're amazing. So um, I like, you know, preparing my own food because I know my own body and I know what I like to eat. And also, you know, in the future, you don't want to waste money eating out every night because you can't cook. So it's always good to, you know, be able to buy these things in the stores and make yourself a nice meal at home once in a while. He's taught us like five life lessons that I didn't learn, you know, until my late 20s, I think. And I'm so impressed listening to you right now. I I have a lot of questions, but let's let's stay with food for one more second because I love to hear about diets and what goes into that. So I know everyone wants to put on weight, but like, talk me through the food that you eat the most at home and your favorite food to cook. My diet is terrible. Like I'll be the first <laughs> to say it. <laughs> it's yeah, tell just, us. It, it's just fried food and meat and rice. Like I don't eat any vegetables. You know, everybody tells me I have to work on my diet. I don't eat any vegetables, anything like that. I eat chicken nuggets, French fries, you know, steak, rice. It's it's terrible. And do you but cook? Maybe 
maybe you guys are the one doing it wrong because I don't need any of that stuff and I'm, I'm 6'3", 200 pounds. So. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're being you called out right it. now. Oh <laughs> you my guys got to try it. No, if I ate that kind of food in that manner, in, in that capacity, I, I wouldn't look the way that I look. I know that for a fact. That's no super impressive. Diet. I know, though, when we talk to you in a few years, that is not going to be the same diet. So we'll, we'll circle <laughs> back to that. We'll circle back to that. But, but I think part of the reason you are the way you are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I see a lot of hashtag Patterson raised all over mm-hmm. your social media. Tell me about what Patterson raised means. What does that mean to you? Um, you know, Patterson isn't the best. Um, it isn't the best town, but you know, I'm thankful enough to have parents that work hard and um, do what they need to do at their jobs to put me and my family in a nicer part of Patterson rather than the areas where you always see shootings on TV and robberies and things like that. So I'm thankful of my parents for putting me in the situation to succeed. Um, they kind of, they, they played a role since the beginning of, you know, keeping me out of these situations and out of the streets and things like that. But over time, I learned that that's the best opportunity for me anyway. So I didn't really need them to tell me to do that anymore. Um, I learned to stay out of the mix by myself and just surround myself with people who I know want the best for me instead of what they can get from me or want the best from them. Incredible stuff, man. It's incredible stuff. And I appreciate you, you letting us come into your home. I want to talk a little bit about baseball and your evolution. Let's start with your swing. There's that great video I've seen out there, your PS2 video, No Days Off. It's fun. I think they did a great job with it. So I learned a lot about you beyond, you know, the Select Festival. And you were on our radio show a couple of years ago as well. But if I'm going to talk about your swing mechanically, what are some of the keys to it from your spikes to your helmet and the moving parts in between? Nas, what are some of the keys to your swing to success? Um, I start with a little bit of an open stance. Um, I have sort of a leg kick to create rhythm. Um, you know, I just like to do the basics. I like to stay back, play my back knee into the ground. Um, I like to get an extension kind of like a rubber band effect. So as your front leg goes forward, your hands go back, you know, and it really creates whip through the zone. Um, I like to keep my head down on the ball, try to go the other way, things like that. But yeah, it's just really bringing your back knee to the ground and staying back and getting the rotation to your hips so you could create maximum power and maximum force, I should say. It's interesting. Are there hitters you like to watch hit? I mean, now young people, what's great about your generation is you guys watch one another, you pull for one another, but are there hitters you like to watch hit, whether it's amateurs, college, or major leaguers, you watch them and you think, okay, I'm going to pull something out of what they do. Who are those hitters? Um, I don't like to model my game after anyone. I like to be my own person. You know, everybody wants to say, everybody likes to say, you know, I want to be the next Mike Shaw. I want to be the next Mickey Mantle, things like that. But I want to be the next version of me. You know, I want to be the first version of me, I should say. I want people to be able, well, the people who do choose to dedicate their game after someone else, I want people to be able to see, I want to be the next Nazir Mule, you know. So um, I don't really want to model my game after anyone else. I just want to be the best version of myself. So I just, you know, listen to my hitting coach and what he thinks is best for me and my swing. And I just tend to implement that instead of mimicking another player that has already been through it. Okay. And that makes all the sense in the world. Now, tech, you know, with regard to technique, talk to me just simply, because I'm guessing with pitching, you keep it pretty simple when you have the gifts you have. But what are some of your mental or physical approaches to pitching when you get up on the mound? Um, I like to think that I'm going to strike out anybody that steps into the box. You know, you have to kind of have that I'm better than you mentality to be able to succeed in anything in life. You can't go through life thinking, hey, this person's better than me. What if I fail? You know, um, you can't be, you know, arrogant or cocky and tell people that you're better than them, but that's the mentality you need to have in order to succeed with whatever you hope to accomplish. So I just like to tell myself, I'm going to strike this guy out. I'm going to throw a perfect game today um, and kind of go along with it because at the same time, telling yourself that stuff also gives you confidence and it really eases your mind instead of, you know, worrying about what if I give up a hit here? What if I give up a run? You got to really, you know, trust yourself and trust your own pitches and trust your teammates to put up runs behind you rather than, you know, trusting the umpire to give you a call or trusting the batter to miss a swing. So I just like to tell myself I'm in control and, you know, I'm going to get what I need to get done today. 
Oh, I love hearing that so much. I was just talking about Kevin Parada, who he's, you know, he's playing a video game, but his real life numbers are better than his video game numbers. And he was willing to talk about that. And, and I think often there's a misconception about guys who are willing to talk about what they do well and people thinking that they're bragging or they're not humble or they are cocky, right? There's a, there's a line and there's a difference. So I do appreciate you sharing that insight with us. So you're 16 and a half. You committed to Miami earlier this year in February and you topped out at 97 miles per hour. How bad do you want to get on campus and play for Miami and be a big college top dog? Um, you know, I'm really focused on my education. So I think Miami is the route I would choose to go. Um, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, um, what's what I looking for? I can't guarantee that I'm gonna go to Miami, you know, if it's a life changing situation and life changing offer when it comes to the draft and things like that, you know, it's always a possibility, but Miami is really the route that I'm leaning towards. Um, baseball isn't your life, you know, the average span of an MLB career, the average span of a MLB player is four years, I think it was. And what's going to happen after those four years? You got nothing to fall back on because you have no college education. So you always you need to have something to do after baseball is over, you know. So I really look forward to getting my college education and also playing for a great baseball program like Miami. Um, I talked to the coaches. I know a lot of my friends are going there. We're going to have a really good team um, when I get there. So I do really look forward to attending Miami and playing for a program like that while at the same time getting my college education. Last one for me, Nas, is just, you know, you are so thoughtful and you clearly have done your homework. You're not just walking the walk, you're talking the talk. And it's impressive for someone your age, but talk to me about your class, the class of 2022, and how special your class is, because I know you you, you pay attention. Yeah. I know that you you have a lot of guys and a lot of friends that you are close with. And as as you know, we get older, and as baseball evolves and the world evolves, you guys are more connected than ever. You know, when you spend time together, you meet a guy at an event, and you're best friends the next day. You guys are, you know, Snapchatting and all that good stuff. So tell me about the class of 2022, why you guys are so special, and maybe some of the guys who are near and dear to you. Yeah, um, that's one of the reasons I love the Perfect Game Select Festival the most, you know. Um, when I went to the event, it wasn't all about playing baseball and, you know, competing and things like that. It was about building bonds and friendships and brotherhoods as we attended the event, you know, the, the games and the, the practices were great. You know, we all got to see each other compete. But at the end of the day, you know, the best moments were when we got to the hotel, we all went to the, the water park in the backyard and we all went to the amazing room you guys set up in the hotel and just, you know, hang out and be kids because I think that's what we all need to do at some time is we need to, you know, let sports and everything not get ahead of us. So we need to be kids and enjoy our time together. So, um, yeah, you know, our class is great. You know, we have, I, I can't even begin to talk about how many people there are, you know, it's all in your rankings, obviously, you know, you guys have it all, but you know, everybody that I've played against, you know, like I said, at the festival and things like that are great players. And most of them were in my class. So you can't really pinpoint and specify anybody. Um, for example, I know we have Elijah Green, he's coming to Miami. So that should be fun. Um, even the 23 class, we have Kate and Martin, we have, Luca Reyes, you know, Chris Diaz, all these guys are coming to Miami. So, and I've played with all of them before, so I know how great of a team this is going to be. And like I said, I really just can't wait to get to campus and build more brotherhoods with guys that I haven't met yet. Nas, this was awesome, man. This was awesome. Can't wait to see you play again in person, my friend. Thank you. Peace. Nas, was thank that, was you. Was that the wrap up? That was this that is it. That's this the wrap. Is the wrap. Okay. Now that's, it's over now. <laughs> You're free to go now. Returning back to our scouts' eyes, the unique perspective, let's have the notebook be opened up by Jared Goodwin. What has he been seeing? Hey, this is Jared Goodwin, the scouting director for Perfect Game USA. Wanted to talk about a couple risers over the last couple weeks in uh, high school baseball. The first one I want to talk about is Jocelyn Gonzalez. He's a 2021 right-handed pitcher from the Bronx, New York. A uh, bit undersized. But absolutely electric arm speed, kind of sat in the 90-92 area with lots of life to the fastball. Uh, varied the shape of his breaking ball, kind of got a little horizontal um, when he was trying to get a swing and miss, and then a little more vertical when he was trying to flip one over, but definitely some, some real feel to spin. And flashed the change up with some, 
with some big fade. Uh, a clear third pitch right now, but definitely a, a future really good three-pitch mix. And this kid could help uh, at, at all levels of, of college baseball. Uh, he could come in and, and really be a factor early on. Alton Davis is a 2022 left-handed pitcher from Hueytown, Alabama. Actually hit a home run when we saw him, but it was on the mound. He was up to 91. Uh, got really good angle, kind of two-planed uh, some fastballs, stuffed him into righties. Uh, big breaking, 11-5 shaped uh, curveball. The the body, the 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 high waist, the long arms, um, the functional ability to repeat really stood out and he he looks like he's just going to continue to make jumps as he fills out that that great um, wide-shouldered frame that he has uh, next guy from downers grove illinois he's a louisville commit as ethan patera he's a monster of a human being absolute physical uh build and the arm is really quick for the size uh, for his size he was he was kind of sitting 92 93 when we saw him uh really really heavy ball out of the hand uh up to 94 and the breaking ball was in the mid 80s at times with sharp sharp break uh this kid really has done a good job developing um looks like the the delivery is starting to starting to get compact, and, and with that, he's really, really dominating the glove side of, of the plate. It was a really impressive outing, both from a production and uh, stuff-wise. Uh, Big-time pop-up name, 2022 right-handed pitcher Hunter Sloop, uh, actually just committed to the University of Tennessee after we saw him in, uh, in Hoover. Uh, this guy is six foot eight. used to be a basketball player, really athletic kid for his size, uh, but still growing into that big, big frame. So uh, release point uh, varied at times, but it was firm, firm stuff. Another kid up to 94. Slider got a ton of swing and miss. This kid is like the starter kit to throw 100 miles an hour, uh, and he's got the body and the athleticism that, that should help him on an upward trend as, uh, as he physically matures. J.P. Cunningham is 2022 out of Lancaster, South Carolina. Uh, this kid's a ball of muscle, super explosive. The, the thing that stood out the most is the plate discipline that he's starting to develop um, and, and the accurate barrel. Uh, always been a super athlete, but he's really coming into his own. Uh, he was electric on the, on the base pass, and that top-of-the-order profile is going to go a long way uh, if he gets to Clemson where he's committed. The last guy uh, has just been one of the best performers on the on the circuit really since he got to the high school level michael sirota 2021 out of queens new york um he he's got big defensive versatility he can play the outfield he can play the infield um and, and also in the lineup i mean this is a guy that can set the table or you know hit in the middle of the order he's got excellent bat to ball skills he hits to all fields uh he's small balls um kind of a throwback as far as just a winner um, and there is some juice in the bat. He's he's one that can change a game with one swing. So the overall package with the athleticism and the body still um, has physical projection remaining. So Michael Sirota is going to be one to be rec- reckoned with when he gets to the next level. Another Scouts Eyes segment. And, of course, Brian Sikowski has so many unique perspectives, whether it be junior college, whether it be the very young player up there in the cold parts of the United States, What's Brian seeing this week as he opens up his notebook? We are about a month into the college baseball season, so naturally it's appropriate to talk about some risers from a draft perspective. Uh, a lot of guys have had good starts of the season. A lot of got a lot of guys who we liked as players coming into the year who are kind of answering some questions and rising up boards as a result of that. But one guy we didn't really have any questions about who's been on fire is Sal Frelick from Boston College. Um, a guy we had comfortably in the first round coming into the year. He's done absolutely nothing but rake. He's a great athlete. Uh, we're seeing him play some outfield. We're seeing him play some second base. There's some teams who think he might be able to play shortstop, even though he doesn't really do that at the college level. Um, but the most important thing is the power's coming on. So you're looking at a hit with solid power and good speed with some defensive versatility type of guy. Uh, yeah, big riser there, like what he's doing. Henry Davis, the catcher at Louisville, is another one who needs to be talked about with this. Uh, really athletic guy, absolute cannon for an arm. We knew all that coming in. We've known all that since he was in high school. 
but the way the bat has come on this year, he's hitting the ball extremely hard, extremely often. He's driving the ball out of the ballpark. He's using the whole field. He looks like an impactful bat now, along with those impactful defensive tools. And that's a guy who might end up going in like the top 10 overall picks as a result. Uh, important to, to note Gunnar Hoagland's jump, the right-hander from Ole Miss, a guy who was a first-rounder pretty much, 36th overall pick or something like that a few years ago and did not sign. Pounding the strike zone has always had high-end pitch ability, but the fastball's now jumped up. Rather than being the 88-91 guy, he's the 92-95 guy now. And with that slider and with the strikes and with the operation, that's a guy who's looking like he might end up another guy who might could be a top 10 overall pick. So it's not just a shameless promotion. When we send you to listen to Perfect Game College Baseball, there is no other Sirius XM show devoted year-round to the sport. We're proud of it. Hunter Pence is my co-host. And each week we take a slice of that pizza pie from the show, which, by the way, airs every Tuesday. That's Channel 84 on Sirius XM ESPNU. And it's a fun show. Hunter is so intellectual in understanding the coaches. Look, he just finished playing Major League Baseball. He, of course, was a college baseball and junior college baseball player. This week, a conversation with Oregon head coach Mark Wasikowski. Waz was in his first year last year when the pandemic hit, obviously jumping over after doing great things at Purdue. Hunter dives deep with Waz up there from beautiful Oregon. A couple of the guys that I, I noted uh, just looking at the numbers is obviously Robert Ashelstrom is off to an incredible start and Colin Kafka. Can you talk a little bit about their outing so far in this short season and uh, you know what, what they're featuring to, uh, to put up these kinds of numbers? Yeah, that's uh, the pitching. Jake and Jeremy, my pitching coach, has really done a nice job. He and, and our video analytics team with Daryl Hunter uh, and Brett Thomas. It's been neat uh, watching those guys develop. Um, Allstrom, um, you know, he's only thrown out a couple of weeks. And, and that's kind of the interesting thing with, with our pitching and our our club. You know, we, we didn't play the first week of the season. We, we, uh, we were under pro COVID protocols so much that we had up to 15 guys knocked out um, just with contact tracing amongst other things. And so we didn't get a chance to play our first weekend versus Omaha here at home. That was really disappointing. We were excited to go, as, as you can imagine, after an entire year not being able to play. The guys were really down about that. Um, and then we showed up week two, and we played a, a good Seattle University team, and we played with a very limited roster. Um, you know, guys weren't built up yet. Allstrom, Kafka, the, uh, Brett Walker, none of those guys even uh, – were eligible to participate in that first weekend had we even played it. And so now their pitch counts have gotten much better. Um, and, and they're able to make a difference, as you can tell. They, they make a big difference, them and Kenyon Yovan, having those guys healthy and in your lineup uh, on a daily basis or pitching rotation uh, make a big difference. Um, and so that first weekend when we would have basically been knocked out with our um, of our top eight pitchers, seven of them would have been out. Um, and then, uh, you know, going into the Seattle U weekend, those guys were all on very limited pitch counts. And I think the max that anybody went on their first stint was about three innings. So now we're starting to build it up. It's, uh, it's really good. Kafka's a heavy sinker ball guy, power arm. Allstrom's a guy that can really pitch left-hander. Got a lot of moxie and savvy. Um, and we've got a, a staff that's got a lot of different looks, Hunter, to where you can, you know how that is. You, if you got a lot of different looks, it can keep a hitter kind of, um, you know, kind of thinking a little bit because they're not being pitched the same way, which is nice. So Hunter and I was, you don't need to have to know this, but to do a show like this properly, you have to text one another back and forth. Hey, I got the next one. You got the next one. So Hunter just passed it over to me, but there's no way I'm going to take Kenyon Yovan from him, right? You have a hitter. So Hunter, I'm going to pass back to you. I'm doing All it right. publicly. I'm publicly <laughs> passing back to you. Ask him whatever you want about Kenyon. I'm not taking All Kenyon. Right. Everyone wants to talk about him. I was passing to you. I left it there for you on purpose because we but we talked about him. I mean, I never guy, hit the big leagues. All right, you. So, sorry, Mark, but everyone's excited about this guy. We got. I was calling him the you know the super pumper, uh, Kenyon Yovan. Five home runs and 27 at bats last you know uh, last shortened season. He was crushing it as well. Talk to us a little bit about the excitement of this hitter, uh, what he's bringing to the table and, and just what makes him so special. Cause man, it, it's exciting to see these numbers. Yeah. He's doing some special things right now. And, you know, he was another guy that was knocked out early and now he's back with us. It's been a big lift and, and you know how it is Hunter, even when a guy doesn't, um, doesn't put up numbers in every single at bat, it just, the impact he brings to a lineup is massive. You know I mean? 
he's a, to, uh, and this is a compliment, but I mean, he's a caveman. He flat out, he's a big hairy guy that gets in there and he flat out gets his swings off and he doesn't care. Uh, he's not intimidated by anybody. Uh, I think no matter who he's facing, he clearly thinks he's better than he's talking himself in the box pacing. And, you know, I don't know if he's all together there sometimes, you know, I mean, he, he really, and that's a very big compliment his way because he's as competitive as they get. Um, he just doesn't believe anybody's better than he is real simple. And when it comes to that one-on-one -on -one competition, he doesn't think he's ever going to lose it. And he's shocked when he does. And so I guess that's a trademark. A lot of guys you played with Hunter and in the big leagues, you know, good hitters. That's how they think. Every couple of weeks, we never know where this podcast will take us. We know there's going to be personal conversations because selfishly, I don't like doing these podcasts, just talking technical and doing on the surface conversations. But I think what's fun about this week is the journey of both these athletes. We usually pick college players that are right there on the door, about to go into the draft, that have served time in college. And we usually pick high school players that are seniors. We didn't have either one. We had a guy who's going to play college a couple of years. We have a guy who's going to play high school a couple of years. And guess the funny thing about it, they both may be first rounders in 2022. And, and yet we're going to get to see them play as amateurs for a couple of seasons. I think that's what made this one fun because they're both from different parts of the world. They're both different with regard to their background. And yet that's what makes the game great. We'll probably see them both as pros in 2022. I think what's fun is people don't see the behind the scenes of how this podcast comes together. And we're going to talk about it in a second because I'm not going to let you get through this podcast without talking about your new dream gig that you got. But you're running around with your head cut off. I'm running around with my head cut off. And baseball season in college and high school are in full swing. They are just, you know, they're about to conference play is happening in college, high school. You know, they're, they're gearing up for playoffs. So it, it's a lot going on. And we got two premier kids who are well-spoken, thoughtful, really good at what they do and we're the lucky ones like we're the lucky ones that they said yes and agreed to do this and helped us out because it is just a beautiful chaos happening in both of our lives and it's great so we get a chance to share more guys with you who maybe we wouldn't have gotten or we wouldn't have we wouldn't have thought to to reach out to so it worked out perfectly and we, we couldn't be happier with these guys in the conversations yeah they're fun i mean they're passionate and um you know, I love the attitude. I love this generation. I love the, the a man who's completely humble yet kind of is open to talk about hitting 500 and laughing about a story with his teammates because we know baseball or softball, whichever the sport, as much as they're going to tease you and allow you to talk about you're better than your video game player in real life. They'll also use that against you in a way to make sure that you stay in the right spot. And Parada's in the right spot. Nas is in the right spot. I can't imagine what it's like to they have a video come out about me as a junior that has three quarters of a million views. That's something I can't even <laughs> conceptualize as a young athlete. No. I, I think we were, I was lucky if there was three quarters of 10 fans in the stands when I, when I pitched when I was young. So good for him. Good for him. It's, it's so cool. We, we rarely get to see that side of guys who are kind of willing to, to let us know hey, I think I'm good at what I do. Why are we always so afraid to say that? I personally think I, Danny Wexelman, am really good at what I do. And I'm humbled and grateful for every opportunity. But if I don't think I'm good, how can I set myself up to succeed? If Kevin Prada doesn't think that he is really good at what he does and has better than video game numbers, how will Kevin succeed? I loved that he shared that with us. It was super cool. Agreed. Here, here. It was, this was fun one, Danny. This was a real fun one. All right, so let's dive in before we say goodbye to your new job. You're wearing another new hat, and I know this is this is a dream for you. You are back in a big league broadcasting booth with the Angels. How are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny. I didn't think we we're going to talk about this because I try and keep church and state, but I guess you don't always have to do that with regard to this. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I need to get my Angels fans to to you know, like, and download, whatever we're supposed to do with you. You always say that at the all end. the positive things, all the positive things. Um, yeah, I, I played for the angels in the minor leagues. I broadcasted for the angels in 2000 and 2001. That's a long time ago. And my father won his 300th game in, in an angels uniform in the eighties. 
And it's become my favorite team for a couple of decades. And they had a need in the broadcast booth this year. And um, somehow as things came together, I was on their list of choices. And, uh, you know, to, to do half the games is great because it allows us to do what we do still. And um, I think it's kind of crazy, but it allows us to do what we do still. And uh, to work with a, a guy like Matt Vaskersian, who's kind of the voice of baseball. I, you know, we talk about those video games. It's Matt's voice that's on those video games. And um, so the two of us will share the role. Um, it's a fun responsibility, but uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I think um, it, it's a weird thing at 51 years old to be around the very best going into the game and then the best in the game. You know, I don't have enough hours in my day to throw a minor league gig in there. Uh, that's all I'm skipping, but it's, it, it's fun. I, I love the angels. I'm, I'm going to have this unique challenge of truly calling, calling games for a team of which I'm a fan. I mean, the text messages back and forth that were negative have been, you know, on my phone over the last couple of years and positive, you know, uh, do we actually trade Mike Trout? What do we do as angels fans? Well, you know, that those conversations are gone now, obviously, but I'm still going to be a fan. I'm going to celebrate the good. So um, I have no idea what it's going to look like. And I think that's what makes it great. I'm, I'm humbled by the opportunity. And I think in the same way, you know, perfect game. I, I've never been around such a loyal company. And uh, for them to show me an opportunity in 2012, when I stopped broadcasting in 2016 and bring me on full time and now let me chase this while still doing the other, um, I, you know, I don't even know where to go. And it's not company speak folks. And Danny, it's, um, it's a very unique company, but it's the most loyal company I've ever worked with. I'm super stoked for you. I think it's totally appropriate to, to let you talk about that on here. And I know that there are so many people who are so happy for you. I had people texting me that they were happy for you and, and very how nice. Cool it was. It was very cool. And I know that this has been something you've wanted to, to do again in your life. So, you know, cheers to what's ahead and both of us running around with our heads cut off for, for the next year and, and plus. <laughs> let's, do, let's do it. I, I know we're going to need you even more. So let's do it. You, you got to carry us even more. So please help. Well, I've been working out, so I'm, I'm ready for the load. I'm ready for the load. Please subscribe, please follow, like, share, do all the great things. Don't unsubscribe, but give us some love. And we hope that you enjoyed this show and, and we're going to keep this up every two weeks. We're about to rock and roll and get into the thick of it. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Kevin and Nas and our scouts and Hunter Pence, of course, and you, Mr. Sutton. I got nothing. Thanks. That's it. See ya.